cultures grow and evolve. So we've been putting a lot of effort into how do we make sure we're maintaining that internal peace so that we then can have happy employees, which is the goal, and we can be consistent with what we want to say externally, both employer and customer brand. Hello, and welcome to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president of Blast Media, and I will be both your host and bartender today. We are going on a new journey for SaaS Half Full. We have a special series, bum, 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 in HR Tech. We're going to be speaking with three extremely talented marketing leaders within the HR tech space to talk about all of the craziness happening in the hiring and retention continuum. And our first guest in the HR tech series is Amy Frampton, head of marketing at Bamboo HR. And we are talking all things employer brand, including how it's different from corporate brand, why it's important, and how marketing and HR each play a role in its development and success. So grab a drink and join me as we dive into the conversation with Amy Frampton. Welcome to SAS Half Full. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am happy to have you. Where are you sitting today? I am sitting in my attic at my house just outside of Park City, Utah. Very nice. Uh, that question used to be different. It used to be where are you headquartered, where are you based? But uh, now that, <laughs> that question is totally different. Totally changed. Absolutely. Yeah, we looked here uh, just about two years. Awesome. Uh, I have not been to Park City in a really long time. We used to have a client uh, out that way, so I'd get out there about once a year, but it has been a minute. Well, are, are you joining me for a drink today? I don't think you ordered a drink kit, but I wanted to jump in. did not. I have a very strong Diet Pepsi in front of me, however, and I will be drinking that. All the caffeine. Uh, I am doing a Truly Lemonade which is pretty standard for me. I didn't uh, have, have the time to mix up something appropriate. Um, but as our listeners know, uh, I always stay true to the process, no matter the time of day, no matter the day of the week, I will have a drink, even if it means alone. You're not drinking alone. We're just drinking different things. It's okay. There you go. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today. Uh, there are a whole host of things that you could teach us about. I'm sure about which you are passionate but one area that you've leaned into recently is the topic of employer brand. And it's not a topic that we have touched on yet on SAS Half Full, but it could not be more topical than now. For obvious reasons, there is an incredible um, battle for talent right now. And more than in, I'm going to say years past, but now it's turning into years, maybe decades past, the importance of employer brand has skyrocketed now. And so I wanted to, to clear up the definitions around it uh, because I, I do feel sometimes people mix that with the employee experience versus employment experience, which are two different things. But before we dive into all that, Amy, I do want to give our listeners an idea of who you are and your, uh, your role with Bamboo HR. But wanted to understand how you got to this place. Did you have dreams of working in B2B SaaS and marketing business to business software as a service? Uh, or did that be something that you know you fell into? 
Well, a little bit of both. Uh, I am old enough that I my couldn't have had a dream when I was young of working in software as a service because that wasn't even a thing. But I've been working in uh, marketing and tech, and I even started an old school Windows server at Microsoft. So I was at Microsoft between consulting and full-time about 10 years, and I left there and worked in some open source computing and then over to Smartsheet, which is a, another SaaS brand. And, and then uh, now I, I'm the head of marketing at Bamboo HR. I'm aging myself with you. When we started Blast Media, uh, SaaS was also not a thing. We were doing PR for B2B software companies, but it was on disks which was also pre-iPhone, pre-social media, which when we have new, wonderful, young team members start and we go through our history, it seems like that should be like 50 years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. We were you know, doing packaging on, on boxes, box software, you know, that people would be buying and thinking about the swishes on the front of the box and all of those important things. How could we stop them from using them on multiple computers and all of those important topics. Yes, all the things. Well, I want to start with your definition of employer brand, because when you do a Google search, there are most of the same words are used, but I want to make sure that you and I are speaking the same language. And let's start with how you define employer brand. So what I think of as employer brand is what do people know and understand about what it's like to work and be at, at your company. So in our case at Bamboo HR, and, and it does overlap. I mean, I, I do think people start to use them interchangeably and they're not totally interchangeable, but I think it definitely overlaps with the actual employee experience. If it doesn't, you're in trouble, right? If you're saying, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's A, B, and C, and internally it's X, Y, and Z, you're in real trouble. So they do need to, to connect, but you know, how are you talking to potential recruits, potential partners, the people as they think about you as an employer um, in your community and, and around the world. Are you finding that there are companies that do fit that description though, where they have a strong employee brand internally, people are working there, but it doesn't match their external efforts? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think only people that actually work at a company can totally get what it's like to work there. And so if you don't do a good job of sharing that and landing that with different audiences, Who's going to know? And if you do it just based on what people will tell people, you know, then there's there's very little direction in terms of what's the comprehensive story you want to tell. And with Bamboo, I think we have good buzz in terms of what our employees say, but it's also about our values and it's also about our benefits and it's also about, you know, what where we're going and how we're growing and the opportunity that we have ahead of us. And I think all of that has to kind of come together into your employer brand. How does the corporate brand intersect with all of this? Again, overlapping. They're overlapping, but employer brand is, is again, really a, a, who you are as an employer. And so in a corporate brand, you might say really strong experience and knowledge to help you solve problems. And actually, hopefully you wouldn't say it in such a boring way, or I'd probably lose my job if I said things like that normally. But if you're like super reliable, easy to use, flexible, you know, all those great words. And then internally, it's an employer that lets people really, we hope people will say about us, it's an employer that helps its employees be allowed to do what they need to do to help our customers. 
right? And so those two things work together where internally we're experienced and what that means for, for how we train and how we work with customers. Externally, it's, it's why you might want to choose this as a software solution. Uh, so you are your marketing leader. We're having this discussion about employer brand. Who traditionally owns employer brand? And is that different than who you think should I've seen it in HR and marketing. Now I own marketing and I have comms as well. So sometimes those are broken out um, and sometimes it's in comms with, as a third. Most often I see it not owned. And then you end up with that, hey, you got an employee experience and whatever they post and whatever they say, you know, there's no kind of no direction. It's just a scatter, scatter shot, right? I've seen it work in both. And I, I was thinking about this earlier today. I used to have a mentor who would say to me, it's not about the organizational structure. It's about how you work together. And I think that's really true. So we were just last night discussing, we have a new head of HR at Bamboo, Anita Grantham, and she's fabulous. And we were saying, where do we want this to live? And we, we, it was funny. We were both like, as long as we're working together on it, we're good. You know, like whoever the head count is, like it can go sit in either org I've owned it at Bamboo HR in the last year, year and a half, but Anita is a great partner. And so the, the thing that both groups need to bring to the table is HR is understanding what we're hearing from employees. They're recruiting. So they understand what people are saying and questions are being asked. And so, I mean, in terms of like feet on the street, they really know that piece. What marketing can bring to the table are the best practices and principles around how do you think about a brand? How do you focus on the right messages and the right number of messages so that it's not just all over the place? How do you land those messages with your audiences? I mean, so much of this is, is just marketing function in terms of, hey, who do, we, who do we care about the most knowing about our employer brand? Because you can't reach everybody. You know, potential recruits, potential partners, and, and doing that kind of audience marketing 101 with those messages. And so I could see it in either org. I would only be disappointed if it was only in one, in terms of it was only being discussed in one. It was only being discussed in HR as part of recruiting in a silo, or it was only being discussed in marketing. That's the key is the partnership. And I'm lucky, I'm lucky to have a great partner. Most people listening are probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, you better be familiar with the, the customer experience, right? Is how, how is that experience consistent from first touch point, which is often sales and marketing? all the way through to renewal. And if you take that model and look at it from the employment experience, it is that first touch point, which could be marketing, right? Could be social media, could be an in-person event, could be a webinar, whatever that first touch point is. But oftentimes that first touch point is before you're speaking with someone in recruiting or someone in HR, or you ever submit a resume. So thinking about that and then they become an employee and then the employee experience that's exactly what happened to me. I got a, a ping on LinkedIn about this job and I thought, let me learn more about them. I was living in Seattle at the time and let me learn more about them. And I went in and I filled out a demo form and I went through the website and I did all of those things. And then I talked to a recruiter. I know people who have dropped out of jobs at the last last hour because of that experience leading up to even accepting and starting that role is they got super excited, had the interviews, and then the communication either completely dropped right? where they're like, I haven't heard from anybody in three weeks. Like, I, I'm not sure. 
or once they got into the process, the vibe that they got as they got closer did not match what that the outward you know experience was. And so people have left. I mean, that it, that is the importance of that employer brand is it matters. It's not because especially now it's there aren't just a couple of jobs available. I mean, there are a lot of jobs available. There are a lot of people looking for new jobs. So your employer brand can really make or break if they accept that position ultimately or not. Yeah. And living the brand, right? Because you can say like, I can put together a beautiful employer brand document and I can, you know, create collateral with my team and you can do all those things. But if it's not consistent, both with your, your customer brand, but also with how you're all living inside the company and the recruiter doesn't get back for three weeks or the vibe is weird or the hiring manager is flaky. You can't land the employer brand without all of your employees, right? You, you know, we have to, we bring it to life or don't depending. How do you bring it to life? So you have an employer brand, whether it's intentional or not. Yep. Absolutely. Everybody has a brand. Can, Consumer and employer. Yep. Might not be the one that you want, might not be the one that's intended, or you might be shaping one that is a ruse. It doesn't actually match. So for our, our listeners who may need to take that step of, of figuring out and promoting that employer brand, how do you do that? What are some of the first steps? Sure. And it's, it's, to me, it's very similar to how you create um, an internal brand. As I mentioned earlier, they're so, so aligned is you have to start with who you really are. And, and we're really lucky at Bamboo. We were based on, on values that have remained. And so as you talk about what's an employer brand, talking to people that actually work at your company and how they feel about the values and their experience is so important. And we've done lots of interviews and talked to people about what their experience is like. And then, you know, we have gone out to say, to do some brand recognition, awareness and perception. What do people think about us as an employer and as a, as a customer brand and, and what, what comes to mind? Now, I'm really lucky because when you do external research about bamboo, you get back, the people are great. Like the people are very, you know, neck and neck with the software in terms of great software, great people. But I think that comes from the fact that the company's been built on its values. And so if you're, if you're starting from scratch, I think it's so important that it's not tops down because if, you know, if, if, you and I and our CEO and you know some other person with the C before their name comes in a room. I have a gal who works for me, calls it the nerd closet. Y'all go in the nerd closet and figure something out and come out and say it together. It's not going to land. It's not going to resonate. And it's not going to be acted on and it's going to die like instantly. And we've all been in situations like that. I think at companies where they come out and they say, these are our values. And you're like, these are our values? Who said? Like, this doesn't resonate with me at all. Or these two make sense. This one, I don't get at all. And we don't do that. Or we should do that or we shouldn't or whatever. And so I think it's so important. I'm not saying you have to survey every employee and do everything they say and you have 800 values. But I think understanding why people love and the good of where you are and what values you want to stand by as a company. You know, and we have not to get too <laughs> much about bamboo, but 
we use our values. I've never been in a place where values are used in such a strong way in conversations, you know, do the right thing as one. And we'll be in leadership meetings and someone will say, what's the right thing here? What's the right thing? Not the easy thing, you know, not the popular thing, not the unpopular thing, depending on the situation. What's the right thing? And so if you can find those threads and that's where you start with an employer brand. And then if you want to add to that, like you say, gosh, I, I want to make sure work-life balance or integration, whatever you want to call it, is really important. We have enjoy quality of life as one of our values. And it's not. You have to consciously think about what's the gap, right? And work on that internally as you talk about it externally, or it just all falls flat. I mean, it's, it's so, so easy with social media and everything else. If someone who works for you or doesn't, or used to, or might, wants to say you're wrong about your employer brand, they can do that. And they can do that in a very public way. And so the consistency is key. It's okay if someone doesn't match your employer brand, right? It is just because it's the, it's the brand values and the brand characteristics and the, or the company characteristics. Not everyone's going to fit into that. And that's okay. I mean, we, you know, we, we have three core values. Um, and to your point, you have to sometimes pare them down, revisit them. Um, we realized that we had the same core values that we had when we were 20 people. Now we're 75 and it, it were, you know, we're a different agency than we were. It was 20 people. So we revisited our core values, pared them down to the ones that resonated the most with our teams. And you also mentioned, I want to highlight it again, is to speak to your customers is because sometimes your customers love you for different reasons than you think that they do. Yes. Or even that you want them to. Or we get results, do great work. It, we, with our, you know, our customer surveys is sometimes we're like, oh, like I didn't even know, I had no idea these people felt this way. Or I didn't know, like, look at these commonalities here that really weren't on our radar. Something that we ask is what three words come to mind when describing West Media. And that is simple, but it's really interesting to see the repeat words that bubble to the top. And then to see that those luckily match who we think we are, like the culture that we promote. So I want to highlight that you said, speak to your customers and start with who you really are. Yes, you can hire someone for messaging, branding, positioning, all of that, but it cannot be fabricated. It needs to start with really what is the DNA and start from there. Yeah, we all learned that in high school, right? You try on lots of hats and personas and, you know, in the end, no matter where you go, there you are kind of thing. And, and that is true of of employer brands as well. And you could work on things. Obviously, we all need to be getting better all the time. That's part of the part of the goal. In fact, one of our values is grow from good to great. So, you know, what what can we do to be better? But if it's not founded in that core, it, it's never going to stick or resonate. You had mentioned marketing's role in promoting the employer brand. As a marketing org, how do you balance promoting the corporate brand, promoting the product, promoting the employer brand? How does that all work together? And how do you balance the efforts so that you are not just jack of all trades, master of none, but that it all works together and everything gets equal attention? Talk us through that. Sure. It, and that's a hard balance, right? Because we have an internal comms person and she's thinking about along with HR, but she's, she sits in marketing, you know, how do we communicate internally? How do we make people feel connected, which is our theme this year when everyone's remote, you know, before COVID, for instance, we were pretty much all in Utah, maybe a few people outside of Utah and, and we had bought a small company in California, but basically, you know, 99% in, in Utah. 
And we're now in over a dozen states. People are working remote, even if they're in state. I'm working from home today, even though I'm in, in Utah. So cultures grow and evolve. So we've been putting a lot of effort into how do we make sure we're maintaining that internal peace so we then can have happy employees, which is the goal, and we can be consistent with what we want to say externally, both employer and customer brand. So, um, you know, we have people that focus on all these things. I think if you end up, if you end up saying, hey, um, brand person that's thinking about customer facing brands, could you also on the side, you know, in your extra time, throw out some stuff for, for the, you know, talent acquisition team, because employer brand isn't only employee uh, acquisition, or could you just, you know, do some internal comms? It's a real miss. And so we have people that focus on those things and partner together based on our positioning and our employer branding work that we've done to make sure that we're executing across all cylinders consistently. We didn't have an internal comms headcount person, human, until about 18 months ago. You know, and it got to the point of like, I would be writing internal comms or a director of HR, head of HR would be writing them and sending them to me for my thoughts, sending them to the CEO, you know, and, and because we all wanted to get it right, we didn't want to mess it up. And company has grown from 500 employees to 1,100 in two years. And so all of a sudden we had this gap that was big. And so we started writing things and we finally looked at each other and thought, we need someone who wakes up in the morning thinking about this. But if we have someone, if we're all doing it as like our side gig while we're Netflixing at night or talking on the phone about it or whatever, as much as we want it to be right, as much as we care, it's not. So you have to make space for, it's so easy to focus on just the external customer facing. So, especially as a marketer, right? And because that's where our brain goes. But to think, you know, have people that are thinking about this every day has been really important to us. I'm so grateful. Well, your brain as a marketer goes straight to the customer because also that is, that's where you're earning your keep. And I'm not saying that it's, but you're getting the, I mean, that's where you're getting questions is, you know, how are we on leads and, you know, what's our, uh, you know, what's our pipeline look like and marketing, you know, that's how you're going to keep. And it, it's, it is how it's been always been. But when, when push comes to shove and you have to choose, you're not going to say, well, oh, actually I've been spending all my time making sure that we're, you know, looking attractive to the right candidates or be like, well, that's your job. What do you wish that more CEOs understood about employer brand? I'm really lucky. So I want to say that first, not only am I lucky that uh, he gets kind of employee experience, but he comes from, uh, my CEO comes from Adobe. He's at Adobe for 10 years. So he gets marketing, you know, like he's, he innately gets, I was who he sold to for 10 years uh, as a leader at Adobe. And so, so he kind of, he, he walk, you know, he can walk the walk, but I don't think, I think generally if you kind of go to CEOs or boardrooms or those sorts of leaders and they're talking about what's important, they're thinking about, are they working in an agile function as a company and building software, right? Some companies are still moving to the cloud or, or looking at that and trying to figure out how to re-architect. And that's really important. What's security and, and, you know, and then what's their profitability? So they're looking at these things and they're totally, you know, there's a, an ability to be totally blind 
to the human experience, which is your employer brands. You know, how are you treating your employees? How are you talking about your employees? How are you talking about what you care about when it comes to your employees? And why would someone want to come join? And so, you know, right now they say the great resignation or the great reshuffle, the great embrace, I've heard it called. If you if you keep your people, this becomes just as important and even maybe more so than some other pieces, because without the humans involved, you can't do any of the other things without them happy, you know, recruited, joining, working productively, all of those things. And without talking about that in the right way to your community, all the other things become really, really hard. And I think it's so easy to overlook. They say, well, that's HR, you know, that's an HR thing. No, actually it's an all of us thing. It is an, it's a company survival thing. And you talk about hiring the wrong people from the start or employees that churn in the first 30 days. I mean, if that's on your dev team and I mean, that affects product, it's a, it affects speed to market. If it's on the customer success side or the account side, a lot of times employee turnover or team turnover will yield, yield to customer turnover because they're tied to that person. It affects all of it. Have you figured out a way or developed a system to, I hate even say, I, I hate even say to measure employer brand because I actually think it's asinine to even try, but uh, <laughs> a, uh, a system to show the value of investing in employer brand or showing employer brand done right? I think there's a couple of things we do. And now mind you, we're an HR company. And so as we sell in, we're selling into either human resources, ops, finance, or founders. So we work uh, in the SMB space. And so I'm not saying that means they all recognize immediately the importance of that, but there is a lean towards that. And so to your point on onboarding or hiring the wrong person, they say 50% of people in their first six months are looking, are still open, still wondering if they picked the right company, right? You know, we do, we do a lot of understanding those stats, but we also um, run internal NPS EMPS, employee NPS, just like we run external NPS. And so we do are doing pulses of how we're doing and what we can get better at. Because as I mentioned, you always want to you know grow from good to great. And so what can we get better at in landing that story month over month? So that's that's something that we do systematically test. And then when we do our brand awareness, we talk about the employer brand piece as well. And so we, we have made the decision to really, from the day we started 14 years ago, to understand that we want great people at our company supporting um, these individuals and them understanding our mission to set people free to do great work and the importance of that. And so have we done it? Yes. I think from the time that Ben and Ryan founded the company, we've, we've cared about that a lot. We've just, you know, as I mentioned, started thinking about how do we really make sure we've got the right people so that we can focus on it as we grow. So I think that's been a big step for us. But then we also talk about that a lot externally and try to work with leaders that maybe aren't in HR and don't see either HR folks who, you know, who have gotten pushed down by, by there's just so much paperwork to do or other things, let's just say. And then also to ops and finance and CEOs about, hey, this is literally make or break for your business. And so it doesn't have to be about using our software, but man, you better focus or you're going to lose your people and you're going to lose everything because of that. 
And so we do try to speak about that in a lot of, in a lot of ways, almost agnostic from the software because of, because of what we see as the importance. And I want to talk a little bit about the relationship with insert whoever on HR um, team is responsible for helping shape the employer brand is how often are you meeting with your counterpart in HR and do you have a, uh, a plan in place or is it really like ad hoc and fluid? What does that look like from a support communication planning purpose? Yeah, we meet every week. And then every other week we have a group called, we call the BBC, the Bamboo Brand Council, and it's internal and employer brand. And we meet every other week to talk about a calendar that we have. And so we do, I mean, you can't be super rigid because stuff happens. George Floyd can happen and, and that awful situation. And then, and then you're talking about different things than you maybe had calendared because you need to communicate with employees about that um, and sometimes the greater community. And so, or COVID, gosh, you know, talk about a change in calendar, you know, as, as, as COVID changed. So yes, we have a calendar. We do it six months ahead because that's about as long as you can even try. And then when things come up, we rally and rally and change. And so I think I mentioned our, our theme this year, we have a theme every year is connected. And so one of the things we did to change this year was We've always had a day-long meeting in May and a day-long meeting in November that's all about personal and leadership development for employees. Everybody does it. Uh, it's a paid day. And we bring in guest speakers. And when everyone was in person, there were games. We, we buy everyone lunch. We still do games online, like all sorts of really fun things. And so this year, we changed in our six-month plan and we said, hey, why don't we take that time and divide it up? And... Make sure that we're helping people connect, connect to our mission, to each other, to our customers on a monthly basis. And so we still are doing tomorrow our main meeting. It's only five hours this time instead of, instead of eight. And then we've taken 45 minutes every month to help people get to know our customers better, to hear about our mission, hear about our growth, to learn about each other. And so it's a living document. Because if we just said, oh, we always do May and November meeting doesn't matter that we're all remote now and nobody sees each other. And that would have been a disaster. So I, I love what the team's done there. Certainly employer brand today looks a lot different than it did. And, and you talk about, you know, all of the sociopolitical issues and conversations that have come up and that's put a whole other spotlight on how brands are going to, if they are going to, or not going to respond. And if so, how does that come from the, the founder CEO? Does that come from the corporate voice? What is, you know, from an internal comms perspective, that is something that if, if you do not have that figured out yet, how your company is going to address um, those situations, you got to figure it out. You will eventually learn the hard way, but we, we've been living in this too long now for the last two years that the next one shouldn't hit you as a surprise and you know you shouldn't have employees in there being like i don't are they going to address this like this is affecting me yeah and it is a fair and understandable expectation of employees to expect that sort of communication and so you got to be you got to be ready and i think covid you know we all scrambled a little bit but as you mentioned we've all been involved in in enough over the last 2 years that none of this should catch us by surprise we should be ready and the one thing that, that we even learned as an organization is that from an internal comms perspective, so at the bare minimum, right, from internal only, 
is it's not about saying the right thing. It's about saying something. That's what we learned from our organization. It, you know, you, you're so hesitant to, you want to make sure like, oh, what if someone doesn't agree? It is addressing it, that it's happening and that everyone may be feeling it and experiencing it differently, but it was much more preferred that we address it. Even if they don't agree, people don't, not everyone agrees with the way we addressed it. It's the feeling of, okay, they see me, they hear me, they really, this is happening and no one could be accepting me. But yeah, that has opened up a whole other realm of consideration. Yeah. And people are, are pretty good about, about giving, I think, their employers some grace as long as they don't ignore. And I guess one thing I'll mention before we go, what we did when we were looking at coming back to the office, because we had a, I would call it a, not a false start because that sounds negative, but last summer we thought, oh, we're all going to you know, be able to go back to the office. And we gave everyone, do you want to be remote? You, we're going to give you options. You're not expected to come in anymore. Work remote, work hybrid. Just tell us what you want to do. Work every day in the office and we will make sure you've got a desk set up that works for your what you've chosen and et cetera, et cetera. And we said we were going to do a 90-day prototype. Well, 90 days later, Delta hit. And so we said, stop. This is not a real prototype because we're in the middle of this still happening. As our CEO said, we learned who was in charge, right? Uh, you know, the, the pandemic was in charge. And so when we decided to come back or not to come back, when we decided to talk about what we should do in January, because everyone was like, well, now are we going to come back this year? They just wanted to know, you know? And so we said, you know what? We don't know because we don't know what this is going to do. You know, Omicron had just happened and what we don't know, but we do know what our principles are in making our decisions are. We know our principles are, we care about you and you, your health and your family's health. We care about business continuity and we care about following the, the law that's been given, the guidance that's been given. And those are our principles. And so what I think worked about that, I'm not saying it was perfect because it never is, but is we couldn't say to our employees, yep, you're coming back on May 30th. You know, like that just doesn't happen. But we could say, here's, here's how we're going to make the decision about how we do it. Here are the principles we care about. And I swear we heard across the country from our employees a sigh of relief. Like, okay, they don't know either. I don't know. They don't know. But we know how we're going to do this. <laughs> and you no, know, we don't know. And they, we know how they're going to decide when they decide. And I think as part of our employer brand, that transparency is just really important. Yes, we, we've definitely all been challenged in new ways with that. And as a growing organization ourselves, we, we even hit the point where we needed to put someone or have somebody run point on internal comms. You know, we have our listeners of are all shapes and sizes. Some are early stage startup, publicly traded, you know, with thousands of employees and everything in between. Um, but for smaller orgs is you do, you'll know when it's time to put someone in internal comms. It was very evident for us. And it's going to be different, different times for different companies. Absolutely. And, and we, we just recently hit ours um, and Luckily, we had somebody uh, internally who was willing to raise their hand and say, this is something to do, uh, which is nice uh, because obviously, who knows our brand better and knows us better uh, than someone who's been with us for four years. So uh, yes, you, you know pretty quickly when it's time. Well, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, I, you are drinking a Pepsi. I am drinking a Truly. But the way that we end every show is for our guests to tell us a signature or favorite toast to send us out. I am lame. Sometimes it's a straight up cheers. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say here's to us. Thanks for having me. I like that. Here's to us. I will drink to that. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Amy for joining me on Sass Half Full. She was enjoying a caffeinated beverage while I was enjoying my alcoholic beverage. If you prefer to have a cocktail like myself, we can have one delivered to your door. Go to shakerandspoon.com forward slash half full and you'll get 10 bucks off your cocktail drink kit. As always, I appreciate the listen and until next time, bottoms up.